We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the True Faith Podcast. Newcastle United have beaten Crystal Palace 1-0 to deliver a sixth consecutive home victory at St. James's Park, the likes of which we haven't seen since the days of Sir Bobby Robson back in April 2004. It's another fantastic night for the football club. Um, I am horse. I got an injury celebrating um, Miggy's goal. We'll get onto that later. So I'm, I'm lucky to be here. I've hobbled all the way down. I'm ju- delighted to be joined by Mark Corby and Ben Wade. Um, to talk us through what has been just another fantastic night supporting the football club. Um, Miguel Almiron's 32nd minute goal has taken Newcastle United to the dizzy heights of 11th place in the Premier League. Level on points with 10th place. Brighton, um, a goal difference of only seven, keeping us away from the top half. Miracles have been performed uh, under Eddie Helm, Howe's helm so far. It's been a, a quite incredible season but let's get into it uh, I'll start with you Ben how was that for you mate how's your night been another another magic night on Tyneside it was yeah I mean um, unbelievable first half I thought uh, we, we just controlled it it was very similar to the Wolves game but um, we actually created a lot of chances and um, I thought we were really composed and, and carried a threat through, throughout that first half Um Second half, we'll have to rely on just a, a stern defence and you've got to just give a lot of credit to all 11, all 11 lads out there ran their heart out uh, tonight. Um, and it was it was a tough, tough scrap uh, second half. But um, having said that, I don't really remember Palace really creating anything. Um, I thought uh, we, we, we kept their kind of threats, who I'm sure we'll come on to a little bit later on, but um, that that big kind of threat never really got foothold in the game and impressed us. And um, I just think it was it was an unbelievable performance. And, and as you say, the, the the wonders and we've been we've been waxing lyrical about it on a number of podcasts. But the the job Eddie Howe and uh, and, and Tyndall have done with this defence um, and and when I say the defence, the unit of the whole team in terms of that the midfield ran their socks off um, with the wingers were were coming back and when they needed to and. And Wood was busy and putting himself about um, the whole game. But yeah, it's just an unbelievable time. And do you know what? It's like, I mean, even even just staying at the end of the ground there, like it's becoming kind of tradition, isn't it, for the fans to stay at the, at the end of the games and, and kind of lap in the euphoria while the players do the, the lap around the pitch. And it's just, 
I've, I've never known <laughs> times like this. I mean, the Bobby years, I was probably a bit, bit young for that anyway. But uh, yeah, it's just it's just class, like being two in front at the minute, isn't it? Absolutely. And, you know, St. James's Park has just become this fortress again, like it was previously, which haven't we haven't had this for so long. And I just wondered, Mark, you know, you know, three home games in a row, getting two victories in the first two, was there, there was maybe a danger that we'd sort of already done what we wanted to sort of set out and do in these three fixtures and would fatigue set in a bit in the, in the crowds just because, you know, we've, we ask, you know, the fans and the crowd to bring everything, every, every game. Was, was there any, any danger that you thought that we'd, we'd maybe, maybe have a bit of a flat night? Um, or, or were we always confident that it was, we were going to create this cauldron to make it so, so difficult for the away, for the away team? It's a, it's a great point, Adam. Uh, based on Sunday, because Sunday was special for me, as you know, the David Kelly situation, being involved with the flag interviewing, it was such an emotional day for me from a personal perspective. Um, and it's come to 30 years this week. For me, to get a last-minute winner, diving ahead of the Gallagher end, I thought, that cannot be matched. But then when you look at the game tonight, we... I, I took 1-0 in the in the uh, pro view with Keith and Norman last week. I said, we'll, we'll beat uh, Palace 1-0. Um, so the confidence was still there, Adam. The, when I got Newcastle tonight, just after 5 o'clock, yet again, the city was bouncing. The pubs were busy. Everyone was excited to see everyone. The text messages all day was, oh, I'm getting a half day. And I, I, I'm repeating myself, but this has been happening since the takeover happened. You know, people are excited to come back to the games. And we're probably going to be sounding like a bit of a broken record between the three of us and Alex and Charlotte and Norman, whoever's on the podcast. But the excitement's there. You know, when I listen to the um, the match sort of analysis, um, what, what Alex did the other day, sitting outside in the sunshine with friends, looking forward to going watching Newcastle United. It's there, it's back. And every game can't come quick enough. And when I turned up in the pub tonight, everyone was still confident. Everyone was still thinking, we'll, we'll win tonight. You know, and I'm like, oh, well, Palace, great side. Great side. But before going to analysis of Palace and what they did and didn't do, I think everyone was still confident. So even though it was a difficult game overall, when Almiron scored that goal, when you look at the, the goal, which I'm sure will come into in greater detail, but Bruno's ball, the finish, it was sheer eruption, just mentalness around me. And when I said before, I don't think it could have matched that last-minute winner. It did, and it felt good. It's absolutely fantastic. I lost myself in that moment. Like I said, I, I only realised I injured my leg about 10 minutes later. Um, but you're right, the, the, the support, the sustained singing, and it was just, this is becoming no, the norm for this club. This didn't used to... And, you, it, and what I saw tonight, and I've seen, I've seen lots of like new faces, I'm seeing lots of younger kids come in, and, exp, you know a lot of them will be experiencing this for the first time and you kind of want to like joke and as you go out the stadium at the end kind of thing. It's not, it's not always like this. It didn't always used to be like this, but actually maybe it really, really can be like this yeah. all the time. Not, 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 I don't mean winning every game. That's, it's, it's, that's impossible and fanciful. Um, wow. Give us a couple of seasons first uh, and, a couple, <laughs> and a couple of uh, 50 million pound players, but it's, it's this feeling, it's this palpable togetherness, this unity, I was speaking about the the team photos on the preview pod on 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 Patreon, and if you like what you do, what we do here, and if you like um, the, the content that we produce, please consider becoming a patron for only six pounds sixty 
a month. Uh, loads and loads of new podcasts every month come part of that, up to up to 30, sometimes more. We've got the Pro View with Warren Barton, Keith Gillespie. We've got chats with Craig Hope with the Daily Mail. We've got loads of analysis, all the previews, loads of stuff with opposition uh, fans as well. Really, really good value. Come and check us out if you're interested. We'd love to, we'd love to see you over there. But as I was saying on the, on the preview, you know, I... I would have taken, I would, I would have taken a, I thought we'd go 2-0. I thought it would be like more comfortable than it was. Tonight before the game, I thought I would take, I would take a 1-1 now. But selfishly, because I, I missed the Leicester game, I thought, well, I, I want my win. I want to, I want to see that again. And I, even though I knew it was, you know, may, maybe asking a bit too much, but I just was so confident that we would come with a game plan. We would make it, whatever happened, whichever team was put out, we would, make it incredibly difficult for Patrick Vieira to come up here as, as balanced, as impressive and solid a team as they are. We were too much for them. They didn't actually bring anything. And we, we, we thought about, you know, Ben, they, they, did you think that their Wembley defeat played a, played a part tonight? You know, the fact that you know, that's a, that could have been season-defining for them, getting into the FA Cup final. They didn't manage to do that. They've then had to travel hard, like all the way up the country on a, on a Wednesday night to face... You know, that crowd in that stadium and that belief that's palpable everywhere in the stands. Do you think that played a part with Palace tonight or do you just think we would we were too good for them? Uh, I mean, it's a tough situation for them to be in, obviously. I mean, they'll have gone from the high of that day to obviously the crushing kind of disappointment of going out. But at the same time, the professionals, they hit it. To, to, you've got to kind of just let that go in and move on. And I think, yeah, I mean, maybe that played into things why we were so dominant in the first half and why we we kind of shut them down, but you can't say that was next to you for second half because they, they were back on the game and, and they, they took it to us. And um, I, I think that's why, and as, as you both said, that they're, they're a very good, very well-drilled team. Like they, they were moving the ball, they were doing all the right things, waiting for that opportunity. It just never came because we were so well-drilled and, and kind of matched them for everything they did. And as I say, it was just such an impressive um, performance. Um, but I mean, I, I suppose you've kind of, to, to counter that, I mean, from from our standpoint, I mean the the run we've been on is unbelievable. Um, I mean, obviously we had the display at the start of the game for Maxi, and I thought he ran his heart out again. He's kind of been a little bit unlucky in terms of um, things just aren't quite clicking for him yet. But he's still going, he's still running, he's still making those lung busting um, those runs that are, are, are going to be terrifying <laughs> defenders and things like that. So um, there's a lot of good things going for us as well, and I think that that's probably what has kind of pushed us over the edge and kind of just got us that result. And just before you, uh, we, we cut to a quick break, Mark, were you ever nervous in that, that last kind of sort of 15-minute spell where it really did feel like the Palace were squeezing us and um, really trying to trying to force an error and trying to get something out of the game? It, it, for me, it felt a bit, there was a bit of tension there towards the end. Were you confident that we would hold out? You know what? It's, it's one of those where you're always going to be nervous being a Newcastle fan because um, we're used to... Let, let's not go over old, old ground too much, but they might actually years Steve Bruce football or whatever that was. But, you know, you know when you look at uh, the defence, you know, that, that tonight was the fifth clean sheet in 13 games since we beat Leeds away. Now, some people might go over, well, that doesn't sound good, but that's Newcastle United. We, we couldn't keep a clean sheet before that, apart from the Burnley game, 1-0. Can't really remember getting many clean sheets under Steve Bruce. Um, I mean, even with Eddie, when he first came in, yeah. we were still shipping a lot of goals those Shipp first games, weren't we? But, you know... A lot of people are pointing in the direction of, well, you spent 90 million in January and that's what's keeping you up. It, it's not. It's, 
again, we're going to go over that old ground, but there's so many players have raised the game or getting that game risen because of the coaching staff and because of the new manager. But if you look at it from a, a collective point of view, Adam's touched on the farm base, he's touched on the the, the atmosphere, the togetherness. It's it's not just the team, is it? It's it's everyone pulling together because we've been in the doldrums for so long. You go into that game, you're so excited, and sometimes it's a cliche, but it's true. The fans can't be that, that 12th man. And I've certainly seen evidence tonight that suggests that we were backs against the walls, but the fans did their bit to make sure we were going to win that game. I think you're absolutely right. It's it isn't just the team; it's the club. Every opposition team coming up here to St James's Park has to face all of us, and few are managing to to, to come away with anything in the minute. And it's and it's fantastic. We're going to stop for a quick break now. If you don't like adverts, as I mentioned before, please come and join us on Patreon for six sixty a month. It's a bargain for how much content. Um, Mark, Ben, and all the all the team pump out every week, every month. Uh, please come and check us out uh, and we'll, we'll reach on the podcast after these messages. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome back to the True Faith Podcast, where Newcastle have just beaten Crystal Palace, a sixth consecutive home victory. Things are looking good. 40 points on the board. Mark, I'll, I'll come to you to just something that you touched on before about Eddie Howe. Now, one of the criticisms leveled at Eddie Howe when he first arrived at Newcastle United was his inability, his perceived inability to organise a defence. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you mentioned on the on the clean sheets and, and, and Ben very rightly alluded to the fact that it, you know, the, the defensive displays that we're putting in, maybe sometimes they're not pretty, we're grinding things out, but actually it's it's a joy to watch because of that togetherness, that organisation that we, we just aren't used to as Newcastle fans. Have you have you been impressed by how solid our defence has been under Eddie Howe, given that that was supposedly one of his weaker attributes? Uh, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you look at it from a point of view, you know... It, Newcastle fans apparently always want to be entertained. It's not entertainment to the level that you, you know, your Bobby Robson years, uh, you could even see under Pardew. Um, don't know the Rafa years, were they entertaining? Probably not. But we're, we're winning games. And at the minute, that is the most important thing. And when you keep winning games and you turn seniors partner fortress like it is now, you're looking at six wins at home in a row. But now, I had a quick check before we come on here, the last time we won seven at home, was we ended up winning 11 at home in the 2002-2003 season. 11 home games in a row. Now, 
yes, we've got Liverpool coming up, we've got Arsenal coming up, but come on. The way that, that ground is at the moment and the way we, we back them, it's 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 not... We're making we're making up that minus seven goal difference in them two games, isn't it? That's what you're saying. Well, th- th- we are looking at it. That's a positive side of it. Before we come, we're laughing, weren't we? Adam says we're eleven. I says no, we're joined tenth. It's 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 your <laughs> you, you, you view your view of of how you see it, and for us to even talk about us being eleventh place on forty points with what five games to go, of which two of them are probably definitely winnable at Norwich and uh, at uh, Burnley. Yeah. Um, you know, but to go back to your, your point, Adam, I mean, that, that, that back, that, the, whole, the whole back five, let's include the goalkeeper here, and I've been one of his critics. I think he can't be hit and miss. I think he's quite suspect. But the, the opposition are not getting the opportunities to trouble the Bravka. For me, it's all about Dan Byrne. And yes, he was suspect for a couple of games. You know, you could say it was his mistake for his positional sense against Chelsea possibly against Everton yeah. when he played the ball in the midfield and the comeback and, and scored. And against Tottenham, the whole the whole team got torn apart. But then you, you go back to St. James Park, three home games in, games in a row against teams who you consider are better than us. They have been for, for many years. And we've, we've won, in a way, comfortably, even though our horses were nipping towards the end in each game. We've won comfortably because they didn't create much, because we never give them a chance to create anything. And... Um, You've got to be proud of the whole team from from you know from the front to the back, and uh, were defended as a team. And it's 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 not a joy to watch, not a joy to watch as in entertainment, but it's a joy to watch that team, and specifically that 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 defensive unit, play in such a way that you've you've got confidence that they're not going to concede anything. I mean that that's the perfect way of the confidence. I mean, the big thing that's impressed me is, and especially tonight probably more so, is first half, I mean, how high a line we were playing with and obviously that helps defend but like, when you look at that bat four, there's not a great deal of pace in there and you're taking a massive gamble against Elise, Zaha uh, and Edward. They they were coming here expecting to try and get in behind where I think and I don't remember a chance that they, they, they managed to pull off anything where they got in behind us and as as you say, the, the, the organisation that that takes and the, the, the character of them to kind of have the bottle to do it and and pull it off I mean obviously we kind of fell back in uh, and retreated in the second half but to, to literally do it for the 45 minutes and it's something we've been obviously Eddie's trying to drill it into the players and it, it shows it works like when we when we can do it and um, but it's so impressive to kind of do it and maintain it as I say when you kind of I mean let's be honest we've been talking about it a few times like these aren't players that are like star players. I mean, let, let's be honest, I don't remember anyone else kind of being linked with the players that we've brought in in terms of yeah. um, Matty Target was, I mean, we were after the guy that he's been replaced by in, in Dean and he was kind of left to the scrap heap and it's like, well, Eddie's said, no, we'll have him. Dan Byrne, I don't think anybody was linked with. 13 million is a steal as well. For a, 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 an English <laughs> Premier League centre-back to pay 13 million, he obviously wasn't particularly that highly rated by anybody. Um, and then you've got Shaw, who was kind of a forgotten man under Bruce, had kind of been thrown to the scrap heap, and, and I think he just didn't fancy him, just didn't rate him. Um, and then Emil Kraft, who was brought in as a, a backup, and shouldn't a lot of people, and probably I'm included, would have said shouldn't be anywhere near a Premier League team um, a few months ago. And you look at the performance of the putting in, I mean, Kraft today was unbelievable. He was, yeah. He did really well. And... I, and, and I think what you, you touched on there, Ben, it's about it's about focus. 
Now, there was a lot made about physical fitness when, when Eddie came in and, you know, the, the players were, were slow and they were fatigued and they just, they just weren't mobile. And now we are mobile, but actually there's, there's another side of the fitness, of the concentrate. It's, it's the mental fitness and that, that the ability to be able to hold concentration right till the end when we're under the cosh, like you say, against Leicester, against Palace tonight, we had to concentrate right till the end. We couldn't have let that slip because they would have scored. And that's, that's one of the most impressive things for me. Now, when it came to that first half and, and, and Palace defending, and Palace have a, a pretty good defensive record as well, you know, one of the best goal differences in the, in, in the whole of that bottom half, um, the, the best goal difference in the bottom half. Um, and I noticed that we tried to use the wings a lot and we kept getting blocked out by Palace. They did very well. They kept, we kept having to go back to fullbacks, pass it along the back, try up the other wing. And, and, and I thought Palace did quite well to kind of, to quell us, to sort of keep us in check. I mean, let's talk about the goal, um, which I'm, I'm sure everyone's dying to hear about. I mean, there was a bit of an altercation with Zaha and Bruno and a bit of, you know, a bit of, bit of chatter here and there. Miggy gets involved as well. The crowd goes well. I think it's a case of Zaha, you know. It's just the appetite to what was about to come, wasn't it? Well, exactly, the, the poetic justice. I mean, Zaha was probably feeling a bit irrelevant. He wanted to be a bit about him. So he starts kicking up a fuss. People start booing him. So he feels loved again, weirdly. <laughs> I think he need. I think if people stopped booing, he'd hate it. I think he needs that. He needs the attention. But obviously, he was probably doing that to kind of ruffle our feathers, to sort of put us off our game. But then what happened next after that uh, was just truly brilliant from from Bruno Guimaraes's I mean I was right next to it the slice the backspin on that on that pass was just per- when it was when it was high in the air as high as it was going before it dropped I, I just I just knew it was perfect I knew it was going exactly where it needed to go you knew Miggy was going to nod it on because that's what he does and his pace uh, just just burned I believe it was Mitchell um, and Ben, how was that finish for you, mate? Well, just before I, I didn't, I disagree. I didn't think he was going to get there. We, we both, I was taught, like obviously we sat beside the match. We thought when Miggy gets his head to it, Mitchell's in place to just muscle him out. And Miggy, being who he is, he, he, I, I just thought he'd, he'd get muscled out. But he does so well to hold his ground and, and get ahead. And then, my God, what a finish! Like, finish right in the top foot. corner where the owl sleeps. Mark Corby, yeah. what was the goal like for you? Or did, did you expect such an emphatic finish from Miggy Almiron, someone who we, we haven't really come to expect mm-hmm. solid finishes from, but bloody hell, he didn't so let us down. It, you know what, Adam? He's, he's one of many players for me who are playing for that future and you really want them to come good because you can see there's a footballer in there. Um, we've got a few players you touched on Kraft before let's be honest he's probably not going to be around here when we start moving forward um, Trippier will be number one and we'll probably get someone who's going to be better than Trippier but you look at Alamiron you think yeah, there's, there's definitely a player in there we've seen it under Rafa as, a, as part of the front, front three and the way he played um, on Sunday I thought ah, he's, he's still got something there he's still a valuable member of the team or the squad even and uh, yeah you, you can't knock the fact that Fraser deserved his place and Fraser changed the dynamic of the team. He's graft his endeavour. Um, totally different type of player at the same maximum. But for me, when that ball got to Almiron, I, I thought he's, he's confident. I didn't expect him to put it in the top top corner. But Christ, he couldn't say left, left, left foot, top corner, run at the leader's end, 
couple of minutes later, I realised he was getting booked for taking his top off. So he's copying, copying off Bruno, which you know, fair He's not as ripped as Bruno, of course. But but look from a, from a from a fan's point of view, I had a perfect view going up the going up the touchline from the strawberry corner, and it, it, when I hit the back of the net, it was disbelief, but just sheer eruption because you've got yet again an unbelievable moment at St. James's Park under this sort of new Newcastle United. And do you know what? Bring on the next game. Uh, it, it, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it, it was just the poetic justice of, you know, Zaha trying to rattle us. But then again, <laughs> but our, no, but our, it's a, there's an important point to be made because our, our concentration, our professionalism under Eddie Howe, like we, we didn't lose our head. And what happened, the two players involved in that little scuffle or whatever the hell it was for us, Bruno and Miggy, just let that football do the talking. And within within a minute of that incident, minute and a half, we were one nil up and, and and absolutely buzzing with it. Just a quick point on that. This is what I was going to say about the, the game towards the end when we tried to nullify Palace. Newcastle United have been too soft for far too long. But if you noticed, Joe Linton was doing it, Shelby was doing all the, They were just nudging the players off, taking taking cheap free kicks. Oh, sorry, ref, I've just bumped into him. That is Newcastle United being bastards, basically. Man City are very good at it. Liverpool are very good at it. Snide tackles, I'll call them. But if you're not going to get bookings for them, just do them. Mm-hmm. And that epitomised the goal, the incident, epitomised the new Newcastle because we're starting to be that arsehole of, 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 of a team where we're going to be snide. We're going to put in little nasty little tackles. And we've touched on it since probably since January, since the good run. And Alec, Alex Hurst has mentioned it on so many occasions. He loves that because there's nothing better than seeing your player turn on. Well, I'm not going to I'm not going to take you the let you take the mic out of me. I'm going to get in there first. I'll, I'll take a booting for this. And for me, that that goal is quite sweet in a way because it was an incident that ended up being a beautiful goal. But when the backs against the wall towards the end of the game, we just kept doing it. And to be honest. That's almost as as enjoyable as seeing a goal come at the back of the net, just being snide. Absolutely, and it, and, it, and it feeds into the fact that at the start of the season we were so, we just a walkover. We're so easy to play against, but now, I mean, you know, Palace's response to that obviously they kind of they, they squeezed us a lot more. But I'm I'm looking at those four. I mean, by the end they had four, basically four strikers on. It was a bit of a kind of Steve Bruce move. Let's hoist some strikers on. That'll make <laughs> us more formidable. But I kind of thought that they sort of lost their shape a bit. There was there wasn't enough creativity. Um, I know at least kind of came off well just before, before half time, um, and they kind of lost a bit of that kind of playmaking dribbling action, and they, they ended up with Mateta. They ended up with Edward, who Edward, who I think came a little bit deeper. Yeah, Zaha on the left, and then Ayu would come on as well. Um, but for me, it, they, it felt like they, as much as they were starting, to, they absolutely dominated that second half, and were really pushing up into our into our own half, and we had to keep our wits about us. There wasn't much structure there. There wasn't. They, w- they weren't able to create because I don't think the, f- the formation was there. The system wasn't quite right. They just hide a load of centre forwards up, and I think you need. They, they probably needed better balance, and that's possibly one of the reasons why um, they weren't able to trouble us. But um, give us some thoughts on another fantastic performance from from Bruno Guimaraes. I, I, for me, I, I feel like he ran the show, and I, I also felt that he was slightly targeted as well. If we're talking about shit housery, uh, Mark. <laughs> Um, Palace were definitely targeting uh, Bruno, you know, snapping in his heels, going in late. I thought that Gallagher challenge was a bit naughty as well, um, but he, he didn't let he didn't let it um, put him off. He, 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 he still gave the performance that he wanted to give. 
Bruno was fantastic again, wasn't he? He revels in it. That, and you're spot on in terms of the, the shithousery, as, as <laughs> we'll call it. Um, but it, it's like, it's playing with that aggression. It's like, it's co- almost controlled aggression. And you're spot on, like, there's a few, as you say, the tackles that were coming. But that's Bruno's game. He revels in that battle. And, I mean, he ran the show. And, and you, you're right in terms of picking out the play. I mean, I, I was really shocked today um, with how Gallagher... Um, really struggled, I thought. And Bruno, I mean, he, he looks a brilliant player and he's been this player that everyone's waxing lyrical about saying, oh, he's going to be part of the Chelsea team next year and, and and he's this and that. He's an England national. And he couldn't get anywhere near Bruno and, and Bruno was snapping at him. And, and I think that's where that foul came from was that that was a reaction, like a petulant reaction to him, kind of just fed up with with basically us getting away with pretty much everything. And, and he just snapped and... I, I kind of was expecting more of that from them, to be honest. And I suppose it's credit to, to Vieira, probably kind of cooled him down a bit at half time. But you could see that way the incident was aha with for, before the goal. And then there was that. And there was a couple of other little bits where you just felt they were maybe boiling over. But um, yeah, like, I mean, he, he he's just a nightmare to play against. He's just doesn't stop 90 minutes. I mean, you get get to the 89th minute and you think and flip neck, like we've, we've been running at the ground here. And who's the man charging forward? Beaten men, wins the foul in the corners. Bruno at 90 minutes when he's had to do all that running. He's just an incredible player, but he's got everything about him. He's he's classy on the ball. He can pick a pass. I mean, the pass is unbelievable for the goal. Like, he, he, I mean, before the pass, he brings it down on his chest and with players around him from, I think, from the, the throw-in or something. And um, he's just, it's just something I've, I've not seen <laughs> as yeah. a Newcastle fan. Um, I mean, maybe... There's a there's there's a little bit of kind of different players. There's a little bit of the class of Kabai probably in there, um, but he's also got like the tenacity of of like of almost like Joe Linton, I suppose that the he's showing at the minute, and, the, and there's probably other better examples in there. But uh, he's just a wonderful player to watch, and like I mean that he's making the Premier League look easy at the minute. He's dominating Premier League midfield since he's come into the team. And let's be honest, he didn't start straight away, and he. You had a tough game against Everton when we got beaten. It, there was, I mean, I was one of them kind of doubting where will he fit into this team in terms of you're probably going to have to drop Shelby because he can't seem to. But he's 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 managed to turn him, and we were talking about this the other day, turn into a number eight. Now he does everything, brilliant going forward, brilliant defensively, um, and he's just he's he's just a like the, the the kind of personality you want on the pitch fighting with you and he's unbelievable. He's got the makings of a world-class midfielder. I think he's I think he's on the way there. I think he's got a little bit of de- development yet and to settle into to English football, but I think the way that he's been managed, his minutes have been managed, his integration into the team has been managed and look at the performances we're getting. I mean just world class like how many times did he just flick a ball over his head, Mark, to get himself out of trouble? How how was how was his performance for you? It it's it's just incredible. The beautiful thing about it is he's our player. And if that's the sign of where Newcastle United are going, then give us more, please. Because, like you say, the, the flicks over the head, the turns, the passing, the movement, box to box. I'm I'm struggling. Ben mentioned uh, Johan Kabai there. Um, I'm struggling to think of a more complete midfielder. Um, you know, the, the closest I can think back to from someone who sort of, little bit back to front in a way, Robert Lee was more of a, a winger, went in as an attacking midfielder and he scored goals for fun. Bruno is not known as a goal scorer, but he's got three already. So I'm looking and thinking, can he be as good as Robert Lee? People might laugh at this and think, you're joking, aren't you? It's, it's a £40 million, pound. well, whatever he costs, we don't know, officially. He's a Brazilian national, how can you put Robert Lee as good as him? But look, I've seen Robert Lee for 
10, 10 seasons. One of the most complete midfielders I've ever seen. He really was. I he, really, he really, I really was. loved him. Um, Bruno's got a long way to get to that um, consistency. But from what I've seen so far, lads, we've got to play on our hands. Absolutely. And, he, and he's saying all the right things as well. You know, he he, he's, he feels that affinity with the, with, with the, with the fans. And that's obviously reciprocated because he's class. <laughs> um, but, he, you know, as Ben said, he's, he's running the show. He, it already feels like he's comfortable here. He is now and he's undroppable. Yeah. You can't, you can't, you can't drop Bruno unless, you know. I guess you won't want to give him a rest. But he, he will not be nudged out of that midfield now. He's, he's now too integral. He's too important. Um, we're going to take another quick break. Um, some more adverts. If the adverts annoy you, then why don't you join our Patreon for six sixty a month? Loads of content, loads of podcasts every month. Uh, we cover all angles about Newcastle United. We'll catch up with you in a few seconds. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to the True Faith Podcast with your host, Adam Widrington, joined by Mark Corby and Ben Wade. Um, it's been an incredible night, um, a real team effort. Um, are there any other performances that you want to talk about, we've, we've we've spoken about Miggy a bit, and you know how that we feel that kind of that goal and that performance had been coming the last few games. We talked about Bruno's dominance and just <laughs> what an absolutely incredible footballer he is. Who else impressed you tonight? I mean, the the one of I think you've got to give a shout out to Emil Kraft tonight. Um, I, that was my big big worry uh, tonight going into this was what Wilfred Zaha going to do, and especially when you think back the last three games, he's come up and against real tough challenges and. Um, pacey wingers I mean I, I don't remember Luckman having a, a sniff at anything really obviously I know he scored the goal but in terms of the open play um, didn't really get anything and, and tonight he just he, I mean there was a couple of balls in the second half where he was kind of high balls where he was getting caught under them and, and kind of lost his bearings a little bit but uh, they didn't come to anything and um, the big thing for me is, is and the, the biggest criticism I had was that <laughs> I'd rarely seen a Premier League defender getting skinned as easily as he was when he first signed for Newcastle. Like, literally, a ball would be passed, played past him and the and the, the, the players win. You just don't see that very often at this level. Um, but you don't see that anymore. He's fixed that part of his game. He's anticipating things better. He's in a better position. He's You, you can tell he's been coached to um, to kind of eradicate those those weaknesses. Um, and you know, on top of that, he's, he's starting to get more comfortable going forward as well. I mean, there was a few options tonight where he... 
Um, he, he kind of carried the ball. I think there's a lot more to come from him in that in terms of he needs more confidence. He needs to kind of back himself to to, to kind of carry the ball into space. But um, I was really, really impressed because that was kind of the big thing I thought they would target and they, they got absolutely no change from him tonight. For, for me, it would have to be Shelby. Um, I've been his biggest critic for a long time. I, I think I said on one of these podcasts um, under Steve Bruce that I wouldn't care less if Shelby was never seen a black and white shirt again. Um, I did say in the six years that he's been at the club, he, he for me, he hasn't improved as a footballer. But now you look at him and it, it, we're talking about integral players in the team. He's one of them. And, you know, for Bruno gets the gets the glamour, he gets the, the sort of the the, the sexiness of, the fo- of a football match. He just goes about his business. And it was funny because on Sunday against, uh, against Leicester, I said after five minutes, Shelby's blown out of his arse. He's not going to last 90 minutes. But he, he had a great game. He ended up coming into the game. He, 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 I think he understands his limitations now. Whereas in the past, I think Shelby wanted to be the best player on the pitch. And again, we're talking about players who are, are saying the right things. His interviews this week are really refreshing. He knows he knows his limitations. He knows his place. He knows he's not going to be there when we start contending for cups and trophies, Champions League places. But he knows that he he, he wants to play a part in, in Newcastle United, which isn't doom and gloom. And that's what he's been used to in the four, five years before the takeover, before Eddie Howe, and before this, you know, as I said before, new Newcastle, which includes the fan base, includes a, a raucous atmosphere. So Shelby for me, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to hold my hands up and say I've, I've, I meet me words, because the longer Shelby goes on and plays like that, the more I'm, I'll be delighted, because I'm really pleased he's, he seems to be a hugely important player on the team. The big thing for me, I mean, you, I've never doubted Shelby's technical ability. Technically, he's a brilliant footballer, but it was the fitness element. It was that he, he just didn't look like he could last at this level, especially when you think, I mean, this Premier League era, you've just got athletes like running the, the show in midfield and it, it, you have to be like at the top of your kind of physical um, status. But I mean, you've got to give a bit of credit to Eddie in terms of, I think that, that he stuck with a three-man midfield, which is pretty unconventional in, in this kind of day and age. And the fact that he's, he's surrounded him by players that have got the legs. So, um, like, I, I feel, always felt like <laughs> it was Shelby and another, it was either a long staff or, or Hayden or someone, and they had to do so much running, so much ground to cover to kind of protect that that back five, ultimately. It ran him into the ground, and I think that he, he kind of, he got shown up at times because he just, he couldn't do it. But I think the beauty of having a Joe Linton and Bruno or Willock or whoever it is either side of him he can kind of focus, and as you say, he does still put the graft in. I mean, as you say, he was blowing after five minutes against Leicester. I mean, tonight he was he was still covering the ground. He's still positionally yeah. in the right place, and he's still grafting really hard. But it's kind of his his pitch has been completely kind of sh- uh, sort of shortened uh, into kind of just a twenty yard box, almost square box or whatever, where it's just that's his territory to play in. He doesn't have to worry about getting out to the wingers and, and all that sort of stuff, and that that's revolutionised his game because it's given him the energy to then to last the 90 minutes and do what he does best. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And it's all about role. It's all about how he's used. Like you say, his technical ability has never been under question, but he's not an all-action midfielder. Or at least he wasn't, because actually now, I mean, do you remember when it used to be, well, Shelby never covers ground, he never runs, and then he stats about how distance ran, and he was like, well, I know I'll run, even if it doesn't look like <laughs> yeah. it do. But but under Eddie Howe, it, it feels completely different. His defensive contributions are very, very clear to see. They're evident that everyone can see it. Getting tackles, Tracking players, runs, like he takes responsibility. And as you said, Mark, you know, he's, he's been saying things in the press this, 
this week with an interview with Keith Downey of Sky Sports and you know he's saying things like, I want to show the club that I weren't a couple more years I'd happily hold my hands up and say I don't deserve to be here if I felt I can't play at this top level anymore but I want to stay as long as I could be a part of it all and he's even saying you know if Bruno drops in to do his thing I stay away as much as possible but I'm there to cover him I'll play left back I just want to play for this club that that it's is class. not it's that, class. that's not the Shelby that we that we ever imagined and and look how you know, he mentioned as well about, you know, being only, you know, he stayed at a club for three years and then move on, but he feels settled here. He loves playing at, Newcastle, at St. James's Park. It's, this matters to him. And as, as someone who's, we don't, we never really saw a lot of personality-wise, quite a stoic player on, on, on the pitch. And to, to hear him talk like this, what is, you know, how excited he is for the future of the club with the takeover and where we, the ambition and where we could get to. And you're right, Mark, he's, he's an absolutely influential member of that dressing room. Mm-hmm. He's incredibly important. Um, and it would take a lot, I think, in the minute for, for him also to be dropped. Um, but I think there's there's a maturity there. And, and there is, it, it, again, his decision-making, men, mentally, he has, he has developed no question under Eddie Howe. The biggest compliment I can give him is that he, I think he's been an ever-present since we beat Leeds away. And if you look at it, we've won, uh, what is it now, 9 in 13, which That's is it. just incredible. So... You know, we could probably go through the whole whole team, to be honest. But when you see someone who you've thought is flattered to deceive for such a long time, and when he was getting, for me, false praise uh, from Steve Bruce and from Steve Bruce applauds or Steve Bruce apologists even, <laughs> saying he's made John Joe Shelby into this top class player. Well, he he hasn't because he was always he was always a top class player. Um, he was just in the it's sort of in the wrong in the wrong sort of the side managed by the wrong manager for me. But look, lads, you know. I just want to stay positive, and for me, like I said before, uh, it's Shelby on form, uh, playing a part in this this side. That's one, you know, nine thirteen. It's just, it's just what dreams are made of. <laughs> I mean, the, the the biggest thing and the biggest compliment, and I pay play I pay them all, and like I mean, especially for the the recruitment of the players that they brought in. Like for a long, long time, I've, I kind of didn't. What there wasn't any players that I particularly like had any feeling towards in terms of. I didn't really have a favourite player. I didn't really... There was a little bit of a disconnect there, obviously, through the years with Ashley. But, I mean, obviously, the players were were great. But, like, I don't know. I just didn't didn't kind of feel enamoured with them. You you watch these lads coming in now and want to 11. Like, they all look like they want to be here. They're giving their everything. Like, they're they're, they're everything you would kind of want. They're encapsulating everything you would want in your players. You hear Bruno, a £40 million player, who, when he comes in, you kind of think, like... I've I've heard people saying, "Oh, well, this is a stepping stone for him." He's talking about wanting to be a legend here and stuff. It's like that's not the kind of talk of of someone that's here for as a stepping stone in the career. Shelby talking about wanting to be a part of what he knows is going to become and stuff like that. It's just so refreshing to kind of see that, like, <laughs> just that um, the, the togetherness of of the players and kind of the the love that they've got for for this club that obviously we've all gotten. Like that, that's only going to grow and grow, and, and that that can be like harnessed to be something to kind of push everyone forward. If everyone's invested and, and built to to kind of push this club on, like we're going to be in an unbelievable position. Special, special times. Well, I'd love to be talking about Newcastle United all night, lads, but I think we all have earned uh, our beds. Um, Listeners, thanks so much for sticking with us. Um, once again, if you want to hear more of what we do, 660 a month on Patreon gets you up to 30 extra podcasts every single month. We'd love to see you over there. But for now, we'll be back after the Norwich game on Saturday, uh, where we'll go down to Carroll Road and hopefully um, 
Way. Let's let's get another win, eh? We, it feels unstoppable at the minute, um, and it's going to take a lot for Norwich to, to to stop this this side brimming with belief and confidence. Let's get make it another three points. Thanks for listening. I've been Adam. Thanks to Mark and Ben for joining us tonight. Thank you, listeners, and we'll catch up with you very very soon. Bye, bye.